Good morning. Really glad you're here on this Easter. I guess they've been having trouble with the fire alarm system. It's been going off in the middle of the night and all kinds of times of the day. So unfortunately, it went off during this time. But appreciate your patience and hanging in there and going out and coming back in. We we did the drill very well. So I appreciate that. Uh, it's great to have you here on Easter Sunday. I'm Randy Lanthrop, senior pastor here at Church in the Valley. And today we're launching a new message series that we're calling Intersections. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be... You know, just like coming to an intersection and there are all kinds of ways to go and you have to make a choice. You're not quite sure what to do, which road to pick. I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a in a country where they use roundabouts. Uh, I have. I've been in Central Asia one time with a friend of mine and he became my hero just navigating that roundabout. You're going around and around and around. And in this country, you had to be very, very decisive in order to get to the road where you wanted to go. And many of our decisions are like that. If we're not careful, uh, they're like we're thrown into a, a circumstance where we're, our, our emotions are swirling. And so in this series, what we want to look at is the help that God has provided for us in knowing how to navigate 
the roundabouts of life. That's one kind of intersection or just flat intersection. You have two ways to go. You're not quite sure what the best way is going to be. But uh, there's a tremendous amount of help for dealing with things like uh, a new job opportunity that comes up. You know, you have do, do I stay with a familiar or do I take the new job? Maybe the new job means that you're going to need to move out of a community and away from a church family that's been a real help to you. And what what do you do when you're faced with that decision? How how do you work through the emotions and the thoughts that you're facing there? Uh, maybe financial trouble strikes and you need to refocus your priorities. You've got to think through uh, some of the some of the things you've been spending and ways you've been spending, things you're, you're doing, and what, how do I sort through those decisions? What, what are the questions that are behind the decision that's going to really help me to move forward along the path? Uh, sounds on. Is my mic working? Oh, can you hear me? All right, that's exciting. That's even better. This thing was getting in my way. <laughs> All right, so... Anyway, uh, maybe maybe financial strikes, financial trouble strikes, and you're having to ask, what are the questions behind the decisions that we're facing, the choices that we're trying to make that will really help us focus and bring clarity to our options that we're, we're dealing with? You may be in college asking, what do I do next? What what am I going to do when I graduate? Um, you have all kinds of options. And you're in the middle of the intersection, trying trying to figure out what to do, trying to get off of the roundabout. In our world, we have many, many options and much freedom. We make thousands of decisions every day. Some of those decisions we make on autopilot. If we had to, to stop and think through every decision we make every day, that's going to be rough. Some of them we make on autopilot, but many choices that we're facing determine whether or not we're going to make the right kind of progress toward the right goals in life, whether or not we're going to enjoy the relationships with the folks that we're connected to, our family and friends. It's determining how much we're going to enjoy life and and whether or not we are going to go the path that's best for us is is really determined as we think through how we're going to look at each circumstance that we're facing. So in this message series, we'll see how asking the right questions when we face a difficult decision cuts through the confusion and provides clarity. God, God can help us in this way. So today, the first question of this series that really helps. It's the starting point for every good decision. Question one is, how does this fit into my purpose for living? How does it, you, you look at your options, you sort them all out, you have, you have several probably in any decision that you're facing. How does this option fit into my purpose for living? This is where we begin to determine which road to take in a slew of options. There are a variety of ways that we try to determine our own purpose. Um, and when we face a, a, an intersection, we may fall back on one of these. 
there's the trial and error method where you're just living life and you're, you're making choices and you, you try this path and it may not work out. So you shift off that path and you get on another path and then that may not. So you're, you're just sort of feeling your way along on the trial and error method, trying to learn from your mistakes, trying to learn by the outcomes that, that show up as you make your choices. That's one way, trial and error. Another way is the copycat method. You know, you, you, you know somebody you admire and you, you, or you have a good friend that you're, you, you really, you're, you're really tight, you're really close. And so you just sort of adopt their purpose for living, what they do. And, and you, you, you end up letting them decide, really, what uh, your purpose is. You sort of copy their purpose. Um, the, uh, the last method is sort of like a handoff method that we can sometimes use. You just sort of let life happen to you. And when you let life happen to you, uh, you allow others to make decisions for you. You just let things go and you just stand in the middle of the intersection and not deciding which way you're going to go. You end up living for someone else's purpose when that happens because it's going to be decided for you if you don't decide. These are not the wisest pr- approaches to deciding on your purpose. When we try to make up our purpose for life on our own, or we have someone else decide our purpose for, for us, we, we end up hitting a dead end, we st- or we stay on the roundabout. We're just going around and around, and we're still lost. The Bible makes it clear how to figure this out. We discover our purpose from our maker. My throat is very dry and I'm going to have to hop off this stage and grab a drink of water. I apologize for that. We discover our purpose from our maker and God wants to help us clarify our purpose in life. But what he does is he waits patiently for us to seek him out. When we seek him out, then he begins to help us sort through the options and find the path that we can walk on. That is the path that brings his his blessing into our life. When we seek him out, he gives understanding. He helps us understand what life's all about. He, he brings things together on the inside. Listen to what God said to his people who were trying to determine their purpose in life on their own. They, they were trying all kinds of ways apart from him to find their purpose. This is what he said. Isaiah 29 says, you turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he did not make me or the thing formed say of him who formed it. He has no understanding. <clears throat> Every creator has a purpose for the object that's created. The artist, the composer, the inventor, the architect, all of these have a reason for their work. They create 
what they do with an end in mind, with a purpose. The created object cannot tell the creator or does not tell the creator why it was made. That just not, it's not right. That just isn't right. Here's a video of a, a potter taking a lump of clay and forming it. <clears throat> You can see the, the clay being formed there by the potter. It's a picture of what we find in this passage we just read. That lump of clay spinning on the wheel does not, does not tell the potter, the hands of the potter, how to shape it, how to form it, why, what its purpose is going to be. That, that's really ludicrous. That would be that would be crazy. That's not how it works. That's what this passage is saying. The passage points out that many people turn things upside down and try to understand their purpose without God's help. But we discover our purpose from our maker. He gives understanding. He's the one that can see everything. Our purpose isn't self-defined. It's not something we come up with. We can't see everything. We can't know everything. We, we can't know what's best for us uh, most of the time because we have a limited understanding. E- even as we grow wiser, even as we do the trial and error method and we learn from our successes and failures, we still need help to see the big picture of our life. We don't have the Google Earth view of our life like God does. He, he can see it all and he guides us step by step if we rely on him. From this vantage point, God wants to give us understanding. We discover our purpose from him, from our maker. He gives understanding and he gives meaning. In in the middle of some heart-wrenching decisions, God wants to give you and I the help if we'll go to him to help us work through those things. The, The backdrop of this psalm that I want to read through is the people... God's people had made some bad choices and they were suffering the consequences. The psalmist shows how to respond when we've done this, when we're suffering from some consequences. He turned to God in this very moment. He was working through the decision by talking it over with God in prayer. And this is one part of his prayer. Psalm 89, 47. Remember how short my life is. Why did you create us for nothing? He's, this is this is an honest prayer to God. He asked that question, but he already knows the answer, really. It's a rhetorical question. He knows the answer. He knows that every creator creates for a purpose. And purpose is defined by the one who creates it. So the psalmist who wrote that prayer, who recorded that prayer for us, is turning to God. There, there's... There's a connection between a lack of purpose and a lack of meaning. Without purpose, life doesn't have meaning. If life doesn't have meaning, then your choices don't matter. And Jesus stepped into the world to show us what life's all about. To connect us with the living God. To help us connect with His purpose for our life. And to to help us learn to walk along the path 
that brings honor to him and blessing to us as well. God has given us everything we need so that we don't come up empty without meaning. He, sh- he shows us purpose and he, he gives us what we need to find meaning in him. And he gave, God gave Jesus to help us find our purpose. That's what you find in Colossians 1. It says, for by him, Jesus speaking of, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. If you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, this is what he does. This is what it means. So I'd encourage you to keep asking questions to find out who he is, because Scripture says, the Bible says, all things were created by him and for him and through him. Here's a paraphrase. Sometimes paraphrases are helpful for uh, understanding what a passage of Scripture is saying. Out of the message, the same verse says, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him. And finds its purpose in him. Subject in this passage is Jesus Christ. We, we desire to live life with purpose and meaning. We don't want to come up empty. And since God created us this way, we long for these things. We, we long. It, this, the Bible also says God put eternity in our hearts. So you hear that we're just, we're just here for However many years God allows us, or however many years we live, 60, 70, 80, 90, you know, if you live a long life, we hear that we're just here and then we're gone. Poof. Many people think that today, that this life is all there is, that we're just sort of a a collection of parts that have come together. We're a machine that lives and moves around on the earth for a while and then poof, we're gone. In your quiet moments, if you listen to your heart of hearts, you know that's not right. You know there's more beyond this life. God is trying to get our attention through life, through some of our difficult decisions, some of our choices. He is wanting to get in touch with our heart of hearts. And the scripture says he's put eternity in there. And we long for purpose and meaning that goes on and on. The passage is clear in the Bible that our purpose begins with Jesus Christ and it continues in him. We cannot connect. We cannot find our purpose apart from Jesus Christ without connecting to him. Now, God sent Jesus to restore our relationship with him and make it possible to live for him, which is the purpose God created us for. And if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, uh, you, you can talk to many who know him and find the purpose and the meaning that he brings in life. But I just want to give you an overview of what the scripture says about how to connect to God through Jesus Christ. The first thing to connect with God through Jesus Christ uh, to become a Christian, I must first of all admit that I'm a sinner 
and need forgiveness. I have to admit that I need him. Which is to say that we've been rebelling against our maker. We've been the, the clay that's trying to tell the maker what we're here for and trying to tell him how to shape us. That we've been trying to live for our own purpose. That's what it means to admit that I'm a sinner. The Bible says all people have sinned. Second, I must believe that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead, that he lived, was buried, and raised from the dead on the third day. Resurrection, what we're celebrating today, is important because it gives us hope. And it it actually was the stamp of uh, authenticity on Jesus' claims for who he was. So if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, you can investigate the resurrection. It was a historical event that you can dig into and find out more about and and discover Jesus really is who he said he, he was. But finally, to become a Christian, I must commit to follow Jesus as Lord or boss. We decide to live for him, for the purpose our creator gives us. This is right since our maker decides our purpose. Something made is made for a reason. We've been made by a living God who made us for his purpose. We find our purpose as we turn to Jesus and ask him to become our leader. Our purpose continues to unfold as we take one step after another to know and follow him over time. This is, this is the beauty of knowing God through Jesus Christ. Our purpose is defined by following him in every part of our lives. And that's the path that brings the blessing of God. What does that look like practically? What does it look like to sort out the choices that we're facing and work it through and make the right choice? Jesus modeled how a relationship with God and knowing our purpose really helps us make the right decision in the moment. There, there are endless options to, to all the things we're facing, the decisions we're facing. But choosing to live for God's purpose brings the right path into focus if we've decided to do that. We, we don't have to keep guessing if we've chosen that. We don't have to keep guessing about what's important. Jesus shows us how to choose in line with our purpose. Mark was an early follower of Christ, and he wrote a book in uh, the Bible where he recorded the eyewitness testimony of Peter, one of the closest followers of Jesus. And in the passage we're looking at today, Jesus was dealing with a swirl of emotions and thoughts because of the difficult choice he was facing. He, he knew that God put him on this earth to die for the sins of everyone who would trust him. He knew his purpose for life. And so Jesus was facing the choice to follow through and do what he knew was right to do. Sometimes we face decisions like this. Sometimes we know we, there's, there are several options out there. We're looking at the options. We're trying to sort through the options. And we know exactly which one is right. But we just don't, we don't want to do it. We, we, don't, we don't want to take that step because it's going to have a tremendous impact on our own comfort, our own convenience, our own lives. Jesus shows us how to work through 
those emotions and thoughts that are swirling. Mark 14, it says, they went to the olive grove. This is right before Jesus was handed over, right before he was arrested. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James and John with him. He was talking to his disciples, his followers. He took Peter, James and John with him, the three closest followers, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. Have you ever been there and trying to face a decision <laughs> here? I've got I, I just you're in the middle of the throes of this decision, which is the right way to go. Jesus was there. The one we follow has gone through what we face as well. He told them, told Peter, James, and John, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Often, we know what's right, or we strongly suspect it, but our emotions are confusing us, and they're causing our thoughts to swirl, and we're tempted to go the wrong way and avoid making the right choice. In these moments, we need to turn to God for help. This is what Jesus shows us to do. First thing, he openly acknowledged the pressure that he was experiencing, and we should do the same. We, we can, when we're going through a tough decision, just be honest about it. He turns to the three, this is the God of the universe, and he turns to three of his closest followers, and he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. God wants the pressures of life to grow you and he wants them to spur you on to turn to him and to work through things with him rather than apart from him. And if you acknowledge the pressure and pain, you're going to stay in touch with reality. But if you try to put it in the back of your mind and shove it out of the way, you're not going to stay in touch with what's really going on. If you stay inside your own head, you're going to lose out on valuable perspective because it's that pressure acknowledging it that God wants to use to draw you into a relationship with him. The pain and pressure won't go go away very often without you openly acknowledging it, openly admitting it. And if you don't share it sometimes, some, it, it, it just eats away at your insides like cancer. So Jesus sets a great example for us. He's the God of the universe, but at the same time, he readily admits the turmoil that he's going through even to his followers. He opens up and lets them know. He, he tells the most trusted three. So the lesson for us, don't pretend that you've got it all wired. Don't pretend that it's not a difficult choice. Get the struggle out in the open. Talk to some people you can trust about it who, are, who, are, who can help you with it so God can really give you the perspective that you need. Next, he prayed, Jesus prayed and expressed to God what's on his heart and mind. We can do this as well. This is what we should do as well. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Jesus uses the term Abba. It's an Aramaic term, which translates into a word 
like we might use daddy or my daughter calls me pops. And that's kind of like her affectionate, warm name for me, pops. I know when she uses pops, it's it's a warm thing. Might make me feel a little old, but uh, that's that's what I know. One of her friends calls me Papa Lanthrop. You know, another warm, warm, affectionate term. That's how I take it anyway. I'm not quite sure what it means, but uh, that's the way it feels. This prayer that Jesus prays is filled with warmth and affection, honesty. Jesus shows us that we can have this kind of relationship with God. We can be open and honest and warm with him. And here's something important about Christianity. Doing God's will, doing what he wants, is not driven by a frantic need to obey the rules. That's not what drives Christianity. Doing God's will is what we do because of a warm relationship with the living God who has accepted us for who we are and wants to help us continue to walk in a way that pleases him. When we, when we decide to do what Jesus did, finally, what he did is he surrendered to do God's will over his own. Yet not my will to be done, but, but your will, dear God. If we've decided to follow Christ, this is a choice that we need to make over and over and over again. And when we do, God promises to give what we need to fulfill the purpose he made us for. We, we keep arriving at intersections in life. And we're faced with doing what we know is right at those in, intersections or caving in to the emotions and the swirl of thought that goes with them. If you're a follower of Christ, what it means, if you're considering following Christ, what it means to follow him is your number one priority in that moment becomes to do the will of God more than your own will. You don't make the choice that you want. This is the way to live for your purpose. This is the way we get off the roundabout. We keep finding out what God wants in this situation and we take the step to do it. And as we do that, our purpose unfolds and God uses us to, to have the life that he created us for. And we find meaning in doing that. Jesus knew God's will because he, he was God's son. We learn God's will through God's word. That's why we spend time in the Bible every week. We here at, at, at Keppel, every Sunday we're here and we get into the scriptures to see what it says about life. The Bible's our guide. He's given it to us to to uh, find out what his will is, to live for his purpose in every area of life, in our family life, work life, with our friends, in church life. It is the guide. If you're facing a choice right now and you don't know what the Bible says about it, find a, a mature Christian. Ask God to help you find a mature Christian who's been walking with God who can help you. Our life groups are starting up. This is a great place to connect with people who've been walking with God for a while, who know the scriptures and who can help you begin to sort out what God says about the choices that you're facing in life. There are many choices that become crystal clear when you know what the Bible says about it. And then it's up to us to surrender to God's will 
not, not our own will. When we're faced with difficult choices and decisions, uh, when they're hard to make, we're swirling, we're spinning, list the paths that you can take. Look at your options and then ask this question. How does it fit into my purpose for living? That's the first question. Over the next five weeks, we're going to look at five more important questions to ask when you don't know what to do. Questions that will help you move forward in life to, to, toward the right goals. The question of purpose is the beginning place for all of our decision. It all starts here. This is where it happens. Um, also, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ is the beginning of new life in Christ. It, it all starts here for Christianity. This is the beginning. When Jesus surrendered and followed through by dying on the cross for our sins, he was raised from the dead. This is what we celebrate today. And this is how it works. Jesus shows us that when we surrender to God's will and do his will, God always comes through and gives us the meaning in life that we long to have. He shows us this is the way. Our hope as Christians is grounded in this historical event of the resurrection. This is where it starts. If you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, uh, I want to encourage you to do what it takes to get your answers. And we have a book uh, for you if you're a guest today or if you would just like to pick up one of the books called The Case for Easter. It answers many, many questions about the resurrection and how you can know that it really Um, The book was written by a journalist who was an atheist before he did his own investigation on what it means to follow Christ. Didn't believe in God, thought this was all there is. There's no life after this life. Um, But he began to investigate what uh, Jesus Christ, whether or not he really was who he said he was. In the midst of that investigation, he decided to follow Christ. So you can read that book, The Case for Easter. Uh, we'd love for you to pick one up. It's on the table in the, the courtyard out in the front. And I know you'll find that helpful in your investigation. This is where it, it all starts. Our purpose is found in him. And that is the first question to begin to ask as you deal with the choices and decisions that you're making. I'd like to wrap up the message uh, this morning by helping you think through some next steps. So if you would, please take out the connection card that's in your program. And I've listed some possible next steps that you could take there on that uh, card. And if you would fill out any information you haven't had an opportunity to complete and then let us know about your next steps, that would be great. Uh, First off, I'd like to invite you. It's Easter. It's kind of the the big celebration day uh, for Christians. And I'd like to invite you to gauge where you are in your relationship with God. That's the first step. Take this spiritual survey. I'd like to invite you to do this. Uh, Easter is a great time to stop and consider where you are on your spiritual journey. So if you choose to take the survey, I'd like for you to circle either A, B, C, or D, and I'll tell you what those stand for. First of all, A stands for already a believer. I've already decided to follow Christ. I've uh, committed my life to live for his purpose. And that's A. So circle A if that's the case with you. you. You're already a believer. B, circle B if you're believing today. 
You're, you're deciding to follow Christ today. You've got all your questions answered. If you have questions, that's certainly okay. But you, you're ready to take the step to follow Christ. We'd love to help you with that, and we'll send you some helpful information uh, and material that could give you some traction in your walk with the Lord. But circle B, if you're believing today for the very first time, deciding to follow Christ. C means I'm considering it. I'm just thinking it through. I'm inv- And you're welcome here. We're really glad you're here. That's why we exist, to help people get to know who Jesus is and what he's all about. So circle C, if you're considering uh, deciding to follow Christ, you're, you're trying to make that decision. And then D, circle D, if you don't think you'll ever believe. I don't think I'll ever believe. That's D. But if you circle that, you're also welcome here. And, and we hope that following Christ and scriptures would begin to make sense. And we hope that you'll begin to investigate what it means to follow Christ. So A, already a believer. B, believing today. C, considering. And D, I don't think I'll ever believe. But we hope that you'll begin to take steps to investigate what it means to follow him. Uh, Another step you could take is to come back to CIV for the rest of the intersection uh, message series. We hope you'll do that. And then our life groups are starting this week. So you could sign up today. You can look at the catalog, sign up today by putting the number and then the night that it meets on and let us know that you'll be involved. We will let you know uh, very quickly uh, what how what the next step is to plug into your group and a leader will be in contact with you uh, for sure there. And then finally, attend base camp. If, if at base camp, what we talk about is the core message of Christianity and how to connect with God through Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to attend that, that's coming up on April 21st. We'd love to have you there. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word. And I, I want to honor you, God, and praise you for uh, the way you love us and accept us right where we're at. And you want to help us find purpose and meaning because you've given it to us. It's from you, God. Help us to take the next step in following you that you revealed to us this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.